as promised, in this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, James and I, we are going to talk exclusively about Maras Bozellas. James is going to share his thoughts on Bozellas. I'm going to share mine. We'll see if we agree, disagree. I think that he could possibly still be the number one pick in the 2024 NBA draft. So find out our thoughts on the G League Ignites super skilled, multi-dimensional, but also divisive prospect, Maras Bazelis. Shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. We are your source for NBA Draft content five days a week. We have a, a great team, James, Leaf, Richard. We are the, the NBA Big Board team. And like I said, if you love NBA Draft content, please subscribe, whether it's on, on the podcast, on YouTube. And, and as far as YouTube, subscribe, like, share comment we'll respond to the comments click the bell for to get notifications because we're coming at you with draft content like i said five days a week and before we get started this episode is brought to you by prize picks go to prizepicks.com it is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports use the promo code locked on nba it has to be lowercase but if you use the promo code locked on nba you can get a deposit match up to a hundred bucks. All right, the last episode we covered James's big board 1.0, and he had Maras Bazelis at number four. Maras is he's in that range four or five. There was some talk about him being number one coming into the season. It's been an up and down year. He started off with some injuries. He came back. I think they won like four games in a row when he came back. In the G League Ignite, what's their record? Like five, five and, and twenty six. Maras shows a lot of flashes. He's very talented. What are your thoughts about Maras, and why are you so high on him? See, here's the thing about Maras, man. He'll have three games. You can be like, "Yo, that's the number one pick," and then he'll have three games. You can be like, "What is he good at?" And going into this draft cycle, we thought that he was a really good shooter. Yep. And he's just not shooting the ball well. And I'm just starting to wonder, what is his shooting ceiling? Because, like, we have enough games. I don't know how many he's played. I know he's missed some. Right now he's at 28% from three. Yep. And it's like somebody that was billed as a shooter – for him to be shooting 28% from three is starting to be concerning. It's, it's alarming. It's weird because there's so many players in this class that if they're shooting 28% from three, I'm like, that's a bit red, big red flag. For whatever reasons, I am still confident in, in Maras as a shooter. Maybe the adjustment to the three-point line has taken longer than we expected. I definitely think he should be a better shooter than, than what the numbers are showing. I'm very shocked at the, the poor shooting numbers. But like you said, there are times where you watch him and you're like, whoa, this, this guy is, is special. I mean, he's unique with, with his blend of size. But here's something. I've seen him listed at 6'10". I've seen him listed at 6'11". But I've seen him stand next to guys that aren't supposed to be as tall as he is. And he looks like he's the same height. I so you're saying he's shorter? I think he could measure out at the combine at 
six eight six nine six eight six nine because I, I saw a picture of him standing next to dink pate and they were standing straight up it wasn't like one was leaning and they were the same size dink is six eight right dink is six eight but Madas is supposed to be listed at six eleven i've seen him stand next what to if tyler dink, what if dink is six nine well i've seen him stand next to tyler smith and he was shorter than Tyler Smith. Tyler is listed as 6'10", 6'11". To me, that's not too big of a difference. I, I mean, mean, it does it, take some of the allure off of him. I mean, if his wingspan is... Yeah, I, I agree. It does take some of the allure off of him. But I think if he puts it together, you're talking about, let's say, he is 6'10". 6'10", can handle the ball. And I'm not saying he's a great ball handler, but he can grab a rebound. He can push it. He can attack closeouts. I've seen some moves where he got by a guy, drove, finished... If he puts it together as a shooter, as a a big wing that can make the right reads, attack a closeout, he's got some athletic finishes. And then with the defensive versatility, not saying that he's a good defender right now. I mean, he's the physicality is kicking his butt. But he has the tools and athleticism to be like a weak side shot blocker guy that can get in the passing lanes. Like if he puts it all together, he could be one of the more unique players i agree and at the same time i have him what four he could slide very easily on my board like his his four isn't like anchored into the ground just because there's just flashes where he can't go by anybody right um there are flashes where i think i, I want to add on that i think ahead. him not being able to go by anybody I do think with strength, that can change. Not saying strength is going to make him faster, but I think he can use his body to where right, I'm not faster than you, but I'm going to just put this shoulder into you. I'm going to get to my spot. But part of putting your shoulder into somebody is the ability to get low. And I've questioned his ability to consistently get low. <laughs> but I was going to say, he can get low. I mean, man, not, sometimes not, he's not like, who, who are we talking about that's just too straight up? Like, Michael Porter Jr. can't get low. Well, he's, his he's, back is broke. straight up. But, but, okay, Andrew Wiggins can't get low. Yeah. But Andrew Wiggins is still a great athlete. I'm just saying, like, there are times where, when Maras is dribbling and it's like I, he 100% can't get by that guy because he just can't get low. Well, he's I think he can't take the up. bump. I mean, that's fair, too. But, like, I don't, I'm still kind of uh, unsure of what he is as a ball handler. Like, obviously not a primary ball handler. But even as a secondary ball handler, I, I have my concerns because it's just not consistent enough drives, handle. Like, let's just say for the, for the poor compa uh, complexion comparison, Franz Wagner. Franz handles the ball he gets low like he looks like a secondary ball handler whether or not the jump shot is falling or not i don't think maras looks like that yeah and i don't think i don't expect him to be but i do think he can be your a, a guy that can attack a closeout can handle the ball in transition and blow by slower defenders if you put him at the floor so with that being said this is why I, I, I could move him down. So, like, if the jump shot isn't what we think it is, right? That 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 and definitely he's, and limits he's, the ceiling. And he's not a secondary. He becomes a blow-by ball handler, if that's what you want to call it. 
then like what are we really talking about as a a a, a upside player? Yeah. All right. When we return, I'm going to debate with James, or maybe not. Maybe not even be a debate. Maybe he agrees. But I'm going to talk about why I think he could still possibly be the number one pick in the 2024 NBA draft. Stay tuned. I'm excited to talk about our new sponsor, Grammarly. Now, Grammarly is a website that I am very, very familiar with. If you don't know, I have a newsletter, nbabigboard.com, where I write about everything NBA draft, mock draft, scouting reports, big boards, and so on. And Grammarly has been a very, very, very important part, or important piece to the puzzle. Because when it comes to writing, Grammarly is there to help you out from start to finish. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you can trust to help you across all the places where you write the most. And right now, Grammarly helps you do even more. With just one click, all it takes is just one click, you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply to suggestions based on your context and goals so you can improve your productivity for you and your team if you do a lot of writing. And for me, when I do like a big board or a mock draft. I may do one on 30 prospects and there's 30 different prospects and there's a lot of adjectives that I need to use. I have to find out how to make this article engaging and then I can even choose like basically what type of listener or, or my audience, whether they're knowledgeable, whether I'm doing a lot of explaining. I'm a huge fan of Grammarly. Whether you have a big presentation coming up, you can let Grammarly personalize and outline so you can get organized so you can transform your ideas into a compelling presentation if you need to start or, or draft up an important email and you have no idea where to start Grammarly has suggestions that help you jumpstart your writing so you can start to be more productive at work go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free today that is grammarly.com slash podcast let's talk about prize picks because prize picks is daily fantasy made easy it is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in north america and the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports it is just you against the numbers you're not playing against pros you're not playing against sharks it's just you versus the numbers all you have to do is pick two to six players and decide if they will beat the projected numbers and then what makes prize picks stand out is that if your players get hurt they have an insurance policy. Your players can get rebooted. If a guy gets hurt in the first half and doesn't return in the second half, he automatically gets rebooted. Price Picks has quick withdrawals. You get your money fast. Gameplay is easy. And they have a ridiculous selection of players and stat types. And that is why Price Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA it has to be in lowercase but prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 once again prize picks daily fantasy made easy We left off and I talked about briefly why I think that Modest could be the number one pick. So hear me out. I believe that during the pre-draft process, when he's doing one-on-ones with teams, one-on-nones, because I think his draft stock is high enough to where he probably won't be working out with guys. And if I'm his agency, I'm if I'm his agency, I don't uh, just listen to it. If I'm his agency, I'm not having a workout with anybody. Nah, for what? He, I, I'm gonna just say, hey, look, he's 
you know, projected to go high. He, he, if you like him, you got to bring him in by himself. Now, if I'm the team, I'm going to totally, totally disagree with that. But if I'm his agency, I'm going to have him work out by himself. I think he'll shoot the cover off the ball, working out by himself. I think whatever drills that you put him through, because he's so highly skilled, I think he's going to look good. I mean, you, you put him through ball handling drills. You put him through shooting drills. You put him through, like, athletic testing drills. I think he's going to test very well and then i believe that he's going to interview well so you factor all that i think some teams are going to not pay they're i think they're going to blame the ignite for Man. some of his lack of maybe not lack of shooting but i think they're going to put an asterisk by it because like, oh, well he wasn't in the best situation with the ignite they didn't have this yada 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 i can see him rising in the pre-draft process because i think his stock will get better by not playing you're not going to trick me because here's the thing if he continues to we'll say i can't blame the ignite for you shooting 28 percent you're getting wide open looks g like you came in build it build as a shooter and these are corner looks too this is the yep. easiest shortest but again i i bet you he's going to shoot the I'm cover off the ball i'm not saying out. he's not going to but I'm just saying, I'm not going to, I'm not buying, we're blaming the Ignite because you can't shoot. Because like I said, you had plenty of opportunities to show you can shoot. There's been, let's say, 20 games, right? So yeah. we're not going to, I'm not going to take but, that but excuse. But check this out. So I, I have some friends that are agents and, and they have an agency, right? And they like dig into numbers, dig, dig, dig into numbers. Okay. And they'll have like numbers where it'll be like... If James Barlow was on the floor with such and such, who's a great point guard, these are his numbers when he's on the floor with this player. All right, when he's on the floor with this guy, these are his numbers, these are his splits, the, the, the jumpers are contested, yada, yada, yada. Like, they really dig into that. So, and I'm just talking here. Like, if there's some splits that say he's a 35% shooter when he's on the floor with Jeremy Pargo as opposed to when he's on the floor with London Johnson and then you say and I'm just I'm just saying this I don't I don't have the numbers and then you see his agency or whoever pitches it to a team all right now let's say he's on the floor with John Morant or he's on the floor with such and such this is what his numbers will look like in this particular situation so I, I think that, I mean there's so many games that that agents play that they have data to support it that can make you think about it and I think that could be a possibility but I just imagine like if, if your concern is all right he didn't shoot the ball well and then of course you know during the pre-draft process there's always like well yeah we reworked the shot you know I mean his elbow was this we taught him how to land better and then he shoots the cover off the ball, I could see teams being intrigued by that. Again, I am not calling him a non-shooter. I'm just keeping it a buck. And I'm not going to blame players. Like, he's getting spot-up looks. But you know, that's what agents do. I get you, it. And that's you, what agents you blame do. the coach. You, you blame, blame the everybody. system. You blame everything for your guy not been able to showcase this and but even even with that said he can go to a pre-draft workout and if they shoot 100 threes and he makes 86 like you'd be like okay he just had a bad year i get it but i'm just saying right now Roth, he's shooting 31 percent on in spot of opportunity yeah. right now and again for somebody who was let's say pre-draft we probably said he was the best shooter coming into it for him to be shooting so poorly that's a big concern and again like i mentioned in a previous segment he can kind of handle the ball 
Yeah. Right. So will he realize that potential and become a secondary ball handler? I don't know. But if he's six eleven and he can kind of handle the ball, that is a huge win. It is in a sense, but if he can kind of handle the ball, but he can't go by anybody, right? Or he can kind of handle the ball, but he's not a great scorer, yeah. then it's like, so what you can dribble? Maybe we, if if you can kind of handle the ball, but you end up being a better shooter, then we're just going to need you to go be a shooter. So then we kind of, to me, it limits his upside. Well, if he can... If he can shoot the ball, if you believe he's a better shooter, and then he can kind of handle the ball, that means he's able to attack on straight line drives right. in space. Especially if he has a team with there's real spacing involved. But yeah, I, I still think that there is a shot. I think he's going to be the biggest riser after the season ends because, I mean, we've seen it every year. He's going to have great workouts. I think he's going to have great workouts because I imagine, like, if you, you put him in with your wings and then you, you chart the guys that you brought in, his shooting numbers in an empty situation, in an empty gym, will probably be off the charts. I think athletically, because he shows flashes of athletics. He does. He has some, some You some get him dunks, a running start. Dunks, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he's, I think he's going to play above the rim and show how fluid and athletic he is and then I, I think that we, once you put him through ball handling and then you compare him to everybody else his size in the draft you're going to especially if he's 6'11 you're going to be like okay he's super skilled where I think he'll rise is because if he's doing one-on-nones and you take the competitive part out and he has to go against a, a dog in a one-on-one thing because my biggest knock on him is I think he has too many moments where he disappears. I got one for you real quick, Raf. Your agent, you represent Madas Buzelas, Rafael Barlow, LLC. You know, I, I think about Hold on. all of this from agent perspective, team perspective, so right. I like this. And, and, and Zachary Reese's agent calls you up and says, hey man, let's work out together. Are you taking it? So, you have the same concerns about both dudes as far as that dog what are you what do you tell them i will work out with reese Lachey. do you feel like you win that work what are you doing that work are we competing are we just shooting are we handling the ball because like they're probably gonna mirror each other yeah I, I would i would i would do that workout now who i would not have him work out against is i hear here's one that's crazy i would not have him work out against justin edwards Cause, I'm not having to work out with them because they're not going to be in the same draft right. range. But I'm just one. saying, like, yeah, because Justin has everything to everything to right. gain in that situation. Okay. And I think he'll he'll use his physicality in a sense. And then Justin Edwards will be like, wait a minute. Maybe I'm maybe I'm really good at basketball. <laughs> or maybe to be like, no, Kentucky really held him back. Cause that would be like, you know, he was sharing the ball with too many guys. All so, right, so hold on real quick. Okay, so you say you do the recent Shea one, right? What if my man from Florida State was a Jameer, was it Watkins? No. You're not going to have him work out with, let's say Jameer jumps to no. 13. You're no. not having him work out with him? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? No, sir. Because I'm just like, hey, man, <laughs> this, this, this ain't for you. It's a 505 game. This ain't one on one. Okay. What about, uh, uh, let's say, I'm just throwing all the hypotheticals out today. All right. Let's say Modest is 6'9. Okay. All right. And Keyshawn George is 6'8. Are you having him work out against Keyshawn George? With Keyshawn George? Nope. I'm just saying, hey, look, if you if you like him. Because he could lose that shooting contest. He could lose that shooting contest. He could lose contest. that ball handling contest. And if they play one-on-one, -on -one, he could lose that too. 
And he might only be like an inch taller than him. Yeah. And we so. don't know about the, all the rest of the wingspan. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. I'm if I'm his agent, I'm only putting him in the best position to succeed. Now, if I'm the team, I may be like, look, I'm I'm drafting I'm not drafting anybody that that's running and ducking. I wouldn't do that. So I may I mean it may be <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, you know what? All right, you want to work out by yourself, but we're going to set a time where you work out by yourself. But then all these other guys that we like, they're going to work out on the other end before you. And now you look crazy because they're See, competing. I'm a fan of that. By man. yourself. I love the so, story of Kevin Garnett cussing out Pat Riley. I love the story of Bam cussing out Pat Riley. Like, give me the super competitive dude. Yeah, that's that's what I do. All right, last segment we're gonna talk about, and we've touched on a little bit, but we're gonna talk about our biggest concerns for Manas and why it could be a risk to take him in the top five. Stay tuned. All right, let's talk about our new sponsor, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh food delivered straight to your door. They have healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. You could take a fun, short quiz at Hungry Root and allow them to get to know you. They'll get to know your goals, what you like to eat. They even want to know what type of appliances you have in your home. And then they'll keep your needs and your preferences at the top of mind. And they'll start building your cart with delicious recipes and all your grocery needs for the week. And Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based off your specific tastes. So take their suggestions and choose anything that you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood. They got pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, and much more. The best part of Hungry Root is that they follow a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. So you can spend less time meal planning, shopping and cooking, which takes up a significant amount of time, and more time enjoying healthy food that you actually love at Hungry Root. And right now, Hungry Root is offering locked on NBA Big Board listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. You heard that correct. If you go to hungryroot.com slash locked on NBA, you get $40 off your first delivery and you'll get free veggies. Hungryroot.com slash locked on. Do not forget to use our link so they'll know we sent you. All right, I've talked about why I think there is a chance that he could be the number one pick. But I want to talk about some of the risks and, like, what could potentially go wrong. Like I said, we've touched on it a little bit. And for me, it is, all right, what if he's not the shooter that he's advertised to be? Every year we see those lists about shooters who can't shoot. (laughs) Like, when you hear about shooters who can't shoot, who's a guy that comes to mind for you? Right now? Yep. Okay, so he, he can shoot, but it's situational. It would, <laughs> I hate to feel, I feel like I'm picking on him, but like Reggie Bullock, right? So when Reggie Bullock doesn't have, when the expectations go up, his shooting goes down. No, I got, here's about Reggie Bullock. November, December, January. Oh, he's, he's got like a burner. Thir- no, it's the opposite. It's like 30%. And then in like mid-January, he'll shoot like 42%. And then it evens out 
to him being like an efficient shooter. All right, I got one for you. And this is another expectations versus uh, whatever. Malik Beasley. He just didn't shoot the ball in LA. <laughs> that means everything to Laker fans. They hate him. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, but like, we've seen guys like Jumper just vanish. And I know. Maybe it's the lights are too bright. Maybe it's because you just know. I, I don't know. Like He's shooting <laughs> 47% from three right now. In, in Milwaukee, last year in L.A., he shot 35%. And, like, 35% is league average, and that's good. Yeah. He's supposed to have a burner. Yeah, I think there was some stuff. I think, you know, he's from Omaha. or His family's from Omaha. I know his grandfather passed away. Um, maybe it was some personal stuff going on there. But, but yeah. But yeah, so I would say with Maras, if the shooting does if he's not, like, a very, very good shooter, then I think it limits everything else that he does i think his his talent is going to be based off of how well he's shooting the ball because if he's shooting the ball well then he can attack closeouts then he's a a threat if he's just a spot-up shooter i think he could be fine another concern i have is just he just disappears he just has moments to where you don't even notice he's on the floor but what's crazy about it is the G League games are so long, as opposed to the college game, that you can like vanish for 20 minutes out that game. But if you hit two threes, get a layup, get fouled, and you look at the ending numbers, you'll be like, oh, he had 12 points. Right. Or I, it might be 17 because he could have a good first quarter, chill for the second and third quarter. Fourth quarter, we getting slapped right now. The team is kind of pulled back, and man, I done ran. I got 17, I've, and I I've, shot six of 12. I've seen that. That's that's the thing. I've seen people, they'll just post his stats. And I'm like, dang, I watched the game. I didn't know he had 15. Mm. I, so I remember like a, a stretch where he hit two threes, and then he got a transition dunk, and then he, you know, he may have scored like eight points in a quarter, but I'm like, that other seven? Like they were down by 40. And so I don't know if he, my, well, my concern is that he doesn't always impact the games and sometimes the numbers and the impact don't add up. So that's, that's a concern I have. Do you have a player comparison for him? I don't. I don't either. I, I don't have a player comparison and for him. And I don't want to make a lazy complexion comparison either. Yeah, I don't have a, uh, all right, here's one. You're gonna think I'm crazy about this. Oh, here Here's go. When I watched Jaden McDaniels in college, I was like, he's got so much game. He does stuff that nobody can do at his size, and he wasn't necessarily efficient with it. But he's had to transform himself into like a great defender, and that's how he's got on the court. So I think with Maras. He like teases. Like if you watch McDaniel's play, he teases like what is he, six nine? Well, he like six eleven. <laughs> six eleven. He can handle. He there was some stuff that he would do on the court that I'm like, KD can do he, that. He definitely that, he's definitely one of KD's not, sons. Not every but he hasn't got the opportunity to show it. But I love the fact that he's rebuilt himself as a defender. And I still think somewhere down the line he is gonna have the opportunity to showcase what he can do on the offensive end. Well so, if they trade towns, he's going to have to because there's gonna be a hole in the score. There's gonna be a hole. Yep. But I mean, I don't see why they would trade towns. They're winning right Money. now. Money. 
Uh, it'll come down. They still owe Rudy like 40-some M's over a bunch of years. Ant-Man's Supermax is going to kick in. If he's not eligible now, he's going to make all NBA. It's going to come down to money. Well, I think if they're winning, if they... And and Jaden McDaniels already got paid. Yeah. I I think eventually, I mean, shoot. (laughs) I think they're in a situation where if they're winning, I think they're going to have to have some... If they lose in the first round... I think they're going to be a first round. Something like that, maybe, but... Anyway, so my concern is, all right, Mata shows that. I mean, he probably has shown more flashes than what, what, what Jaden showed. But Mata says, I don't think he has the ability to turn it up on the defensive end to mm. where you're like, all right, he's going to get his menace on defense. So that would scare me because you're like, all right, I see all the flashes of potential. But if he's not putting it together and he's not defending at a high level, then how is he going to get the opportunity to do it, you know what I mean. I agree. So when I look at when I look at the NBA right now, so I look at the teams right now. So just going based off their rosters, right? So let's say Detroit is picking high. I think there would be a clear path for him in Detroit to get major playing time. I think if San Antonio, based off their roster right now, if he goes to San Antonio, I don't know who he beats out for minutes on the wing. If he goes to Memphis, they got something in Vince Williams. Who does he beat out for minutes on the wing? If he goes to who else is bad? Washington. Washington. They got plenty of wings. Is Even he, after potentially trading Poole and Kuzma, they still have wings. So I'm like, he's got to be able to knock down shots consistently to, in my opinion, stay on the floor. Like I saw a stat, right? And I can't remember where I read it. It said Grady Dick, when he played NBA minutes, was the worst player in the NBA. Somebody was going at his neck the other night. It was Vince Williams. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, and Grady is, I mean, I think Maras is more, I think he's got more stuff to his game. But you would think Grady would be able to stick because he's supposed to be a specialist. Right. That's see, but that's that's always my issue with specialists, man. When you're not making shots, what else are you doing? Yes, yeah, so that's my concern. Well, like, what is your biggest concern for Modest? I know I give a long answer. No, nah, you good. I feel like again, he just might be. It could be permanent potential because right now there's just not one thing we know he's gonna bring every single night, especially only because the shooting is just yeah. is it what we thought it would be. Yep. And again, it could just be a bad stretch. Maybe he's getting used to the line. I also would like to note that it's not necessarily fair to grade him as a shooter. Yeah, I'm like, let me backtrack on that first. But if he's shooting 28% from three, and we say uh, Keyshawn George is shooting 42, Keyshawn George is not shooting from the same line as. Uh, no, that, that's that's definitely fair. But at the same time, what's Tyler Smith at? 38. 38. He's shooting at the same line. Yeah. So maybe that excuse doesn't work. I just, I don't know, man. I watch Miles, man. And some days I'm like, oh, man, and top, top three pick right there. No, I, And then I, I some agree. days I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know what is he. I don't know what is he, what is he good at. Yeah. And, like, they'll put him in a pick and roll, um, and he might do something. He tries to post up, but he just can't lower his, he can't lower that that bang right yeah. there. And he doesn't have vertical like, pop to make up for it either. And well, he might not he be 6'11". He has 
like vertical pop. He's running start with a vertical. runway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but how many runways are you getting in the NBA if you're not a dynamic ball handler? I mean, yeah. even Anthony Edwards, as great as he is, he doesn't get seven runways a game. He gets you know. No. Nah. So it's like yeah. I don't I don't know, man. There's still a lot to. Uh, Try to figure out what models. I have him with. I had him at four, but like I said, he could he could slide a lot. Not a, not nothing major, but he could slide from four, or he could stay there. I, he's not uh, cemented into that spot for me. All right, I'm switch it to you. You're his trainer. Okay. What what what's your summer plan? First things first, we gotta get our jump shot confidence mm-hmm. back. We gotta start seeing that ball go in. If nothing else, we gotta be six nine, six ten with a burner. There's money to be made six nine, six ten with a burner. And uh fan bases are more tolerant, more patient with you if you're at least providing that. Yeah. So if the ball handling, if the, the playmaking, if the motor isn't, you know, whatever, at least go out there and stretch the floor and make shots. And that's why I think it's crazy to say that we're talking about a 28% shooter having a, a floor, a high floor as a shooter. That's it, right. it, I mean, but that's just like he perfect had, for this draft because it's just built, so many wide cards. But he had built that with his shooting at the <laughs> he had prep equity. level. Yeah, <laughs> he had shooting equity. <laughs> he had shooting equity. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like I would, if I were training him. Shooting equity, man, you need to copyright that because if I start seeing that on Twitter, man. I want I want I want it to be known that you said that first. Yeah, I would I would work on playing ones. I mean, I'm big on offensive creativity. Not saying that that's going to be his role as a high usage guy that's going to score a lot of isolation, but I think it's good to have in your game, especially in late shot clock situations, and I just think the more you have to your game because if you can establish yourself as a shooter, eventually the teams are going to start closing out on you hard and they're going to start defending you a certain way. Then I want you to be able to attack the closeout. And then if it's a situation where you can't attack on a straight line drive, I want you to have at least a a go-to move, a counter move, and another move that you can get to just in case. Because... And we've talked about it before, how you don't like 3 and D guys. And let's say you're supposed to be a spot-up shooter and, and your point guard is a dynamic ball handler that gets you those looks. He goes down with a pulled hammy for a couple weeks. Uh, you got the backup point guard in there. And, then <laughs> and, what you and, and now, like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what you, what you going to do? So I, um, I I think he would he should add that. Of course, get stronger. I mean, the basic stuff, get stronger. But I would be more – I would – have them play a lot, and of course you don't want to risk the injuries and all that, but it's just my my biggest concern outside with the shooting is he has a tendency to just disappear and and have non-impactful minutes, and I don't know how you can work on that unless you just, uh, I, I don't know how you can work on that. I guess a lot of film study and just a conscious effort to, you know, be an active cutter or or do the little things to where you're not just floating. See, I think I have in my notes, though, originally that he was an active cutter. Yeah, he cuts without the ball. At least he did at the prep level. And maybe, again, it could be the issue. he has a young point guard, Lyndon Johnson. Yeah. So maybe that could be one of the reasons why he's not maybe not cutting as much or why he, why he may disappear. But, um, but see, I, and this is another comparison. I know we're, we're running short on time. I think Modest is more skilled than Ron, but you've never had a moment where you're like, 
And Ron is playing with the same guy. So you're like, oh, I didn't notice. Was, was Ron hollering on if, the floor? If nothing else, Ron ain't going to get to the rim. Yeah, so he's always going to make an impact in some form or fashion. And I can't, I can't say that about about Modest. Well, that wraps up this episode. We talked about Modest Buzelas exclusively. What are your thoughts on Modest? Do you think that he could end up being the number one pick if he finishes strong in the second half of the season and has some dominant workouts? Or do you think that he is, I mean, well, this draft is obviously wide open and lack of change, or do you think that what he's shown so far and the shooting concerns, do you think they're legit? Once again, it's Rafael Barlow with my brother James, and we are out.